I started. Let me get my outers and the sanitizer. Where have you been? With you. How long has he been here? Why is he here? How long is he staying? Why didn't you tell me? Four days. He's worried. I'm not sure and I'm not sure. Were you going to tell me? He wants to see you as much as you want to see him. So, yes, eventually. Is that where you've been going? Yes. She didn't say that we couldn't speak in between casts. You're right. She did not say that. So is this retaliation for when I didn't want to talk to you? No. It's genuine confusion about what to say to you at any given moment. I'm trying to make this work. You wanted me committed to the process. I'm committed. Because she offered you a prize? You ever see the movie Braveheart? No. I don't like old movies. They're long. (laughs) Well, in this case, you're right. It's really long. Most of them are like an hour. This one is like three. You're kidding. And you've seen it? All of it? It's, It's a great movie. Anyway, it takes place in Old Britain, Swords and Plague era. There's this boy at the beginning. His dad dies. At the funeral, this little girl gives him a flower. The boy goes away, lives with his uncle, learns some languages, learns how to fight, gets some culture to him. He comes back years later to take over his father's land. He finds the girl, all grown up now and beautiful, and he hands her something. A carefully wrapped cloth. He holds her hand, smiles, and walks away. You know what he gave her? It was the Dark Ages, so probably syphilis. <laughs> she opens up the cloth and sees it's the flower she gave him. It's obviously been cared for, dried and preserved for more than a decade. She pulses from amusement to shock to touched in the space of a breath, and you see it all in her shoulders and in her face. I grew up thinking that this was our story, that when you found me or I found you, we would have that moment of awe when the years would peel away, leaving the gravity of the black hole we lived through. If I don't see this through, if I don't nurture us with the same delicacy and patience as that flower, then I don't deserve its bloom. You really don't sound like yourself. Well, I took Uncle Frank's advice and have been catching up on some Maya Angelou. But honestly, I just want to move on to the next. And if this is standing in our way, then I need to figure out a way around it or through it. And if you get a hashtag out of it, that's just gravy. I don't believe her. Why would she lie? Tabs. Plus, she left herself a way out. She didn't make a promise. She just said some shit I can't verify with confidence. In my experience, that's not the type of shit you invest in. But it confers clout, has a viable path to backtrack, and gives the specs something to look forward to for the next week's episode. It's marketing, not miracles. You understand how hard it is to believe you're completely committed to this when you won't talk to me, right? I'm committing to the process, which includes telling you the truth and not trying to convince you. What is Jude worried about? Us. Me. You. Because of the cast? I know. It's easy to forget that people are listening uh, since we deaded our media, but he's been keeping up. Apparently, a lot of people are. Does he have holes? Not that I know of. When we talk about it, there don't seem to be any real gaps. I can't wait to see him. He feels the same. So should we get to it? Yeah.
It's settled. I'll read it. It's another letter from my mom. Really? I wasn't really sure we'd get another one from her. Full of surprises and secrets, but it seems like that's true for all of the people I love. Everyone has secrets when you have amnesia. It's not mysterious. Just unlucky. Easter came and went in barren churches and cathedrals throughout the world. We've never been particularly religious, but the absence of performative devotion is profound. No pastel peacocks, no restaurants teeming with brunch-drunk disciples, no crowds of any kind. Deserted sidewalks and vacant roads, like the world is mourning, which it is, I suppose. We take walks every day, all of us, except your father, of course. But the rest of us typically make the pilgrimage to visit the mausoleum that our neighborhoods have become. A place where living used to happen, but is artificially frozen in place. Restaurants and barber shops and nail salons and bike shops arrayed like toys. They could all be open tomorrow, tonight, but most won't ever see another customer. They won't rise on the third day, just die like the rest of us. I said the sidewalks are vacant. They aren't. I saw blocks and blocks of chalk art framed in the jagged squares of concrete slabs under our caravan's feet. Though the children who etched them had vanished, each of them inspired hope or unity, patience and fidelity. There were signs on power line poles that said, I can't hug you, but I can tell you that I love you. I felt like an archeologist clumsily navigating a long hidden utopia. The leader of the free world did a lot of lying today, but that just made the chain of days seem more infinite without notable distinction. Until I read an article which prompted me to write this today to you. It was about a scientist. Her name is Kazmika Corbett. She is leading a team that is at the forefront of a vaccine. She is 34. As I read, I thought about Nina Simone's song, Young, Gifted, and Black, which made me think of you. That song was playing in the delivery room when you slid into the world greasy with afterbirth and wailing like an angel from Revelations. You've never found it hard to live up to such an auspicious first impression. This woman is equal parts genius and round-the-way girl. She clearly felt comfortable in the skins of her ambition and identity. I hope that you continue to foster that. There was something she said that really sticks out to me. You understand that your work will have to be mighty so that it can do your speaking. It might as well have been an incantation. I felt savage after reading it. My feet went kicking under the table as my arms shot up like one of those airblown advertising dummies. I startled you. Sitting across the table from me, the peanut butter jelly smear across your chin, marring your perfect skin. Instead of reassuring you, I lunged at you and trapped your cheeks between my hands, driving my eyes into yours like a madwoman. I told you, speak that shit, but it came out more like a growl. It was a rare moment where we were alone. No one saw that madwoman grabbing and cursing her child. I don't know what came over me. 
When the others came in from the backyard, we were sitting quietly across from each other like the world hadn't just tilted. No one knew but us. I had soaked up the hope of that day and cycled it through the metabolism of my soul into something primal, inarticulate and unmistakable, like a screaming newborn, like my firstborn daughter. I felt the hum of a subsiding hunger in me in that moment that had drenched me but left me damp and wilted. But I pray that I left you with its fingers around your heart. I hope that I infected you. Tell me you remember that. Do you? No, but she said it was just the two of you. Narrators can be unreliable. Do you remember anything like it? There isn't much for me to key on. I remember being in the backyard sometimes and you not being there. I don't remember ever walking in, seeing you at the kitchen table and thinking that you had transformed. When can I see Jude? I'm going back there tonight. I'll ask him. Are you waiting for me to ask you to stay? No. Just making sure that you're okay. I'm okay. You didn't answer me. I don't remember. I'm sorry. What happened to them? Who? The boy and the girl from the movie. It's, it's a movie. It doesn't matter. So what happened? People tried to stand in their way. He fought a war for her. And in the end, they were together. I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.